This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hi. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, every Monday and Friday video cast live on Twitch. And uh, we are broadcasting in the middle of El Diablo, the storm of Satan, I think is the, what they're calling it. Is that really what they're calling it? It's like, I, don't, I can't remember the word for storm, actually, now in Spanish, but... Uh, El Storm. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> remember the Chris Farley uh, the Chris Farley video where he is El Nino? Uh. He's like, I am the great and terrible El Nino, <laughs> which is Spanish for the, the Nino. Nino. <laughs> God, that was good. Why do the, the funny fat guys die so young? It's just not fair. It's not. It's not fair. John it's K- part a, of their humor. It's a long tradition. Yes. I think it's actually a combination of poor health and lots of uppers. <laughs> Probably. That lead to an early death. Yes. But anyway, uh, this is Signal from the Frontline where we sometimes rant about comedians or Dune. And I got taken to school. You got owned. I got taken to school because I haven't read Dune in a long time. And so, you got of course, Duned. I got Duned all up in my face. Bam. And of course, I got a couple things wrong last episode. We had a, a chat about Dune. And uh, just for the records, they don't have shields on Arrakis because they, they uh, attract giant sandworms. So there you Who go. came up with that? And things that move slowly move through the shields because otherwise they wouldn't be able to breathe. But then, so riddle me this. Still so dumb. It's not dumb. It's it awesome. Is dumb. How is that dumb? My only weakness, a guy that moves in slow motion. It's only for the killing blow. That's it. <laughs> But then, like, if gases went through it, you would just use, I would just use gas weapons on everybody. Well, gases probably move too fast. No, well, air gets through because they can breathe. They don't, they don't Gas moves too fast. So, <laughs> if the shield is skin tight, does that mean it goes, like, in your mouth? Ooh. Nope. That's, and, like, that's another to, weakness. See, there's, there's all sorts of gaps in the shield. You drink water and you can't. You're like, ah! Well, no, I guess if it's moving slowly, it would go through it. Yeah, you just have to pour it slowly, yeah. I, that's a meme waiting to happen right there. So at any rate, thank you for correcting me on some of my inconsistencies with Dune. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. We do sometimes talk about tabletop gaming. And we have a lot to talk about today, actually. There's a lot going on in the frontline gaming and tabletop gaming world. And so thank you all for joining us on Twitch. But as of course, you can also watch on YouTube. You can download it on iTunes. Make sure to uh, like. The storm is going crazy. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but uh, we're expecting 50 mile per hour winds this weekend. It's supposed to be the biggest storm in like 20 years. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty crazy outside. Uh, we're not used to this kind of weather in San Diego. It doesn't happen very often. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And let's jump right in. Yeah. Big news. Bigger than this. The El- biggest news. Bigger than the storm of Diablo is FLG mats are now available in our web cart. Uh, for those of you who've been waiting, you can grab them. So just to be super ultra, 100% clear, uh, we are not making the mats here in San Diego yet. That'll probably be happening in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we anticipate that we'll be rolling out the American-made mats in probably the end of March, let's say that, to be safe. Yeah. Uh, hopefully sooner, but uh, we anticipate towards the end of March. And so these, we did make these in China 
probably going to be the last time we manufacture in China. Yeah, um, we had to do it in order to get mats for LVO because we didn't have enough to cover the tables. So we had to put in an order to uh, accommodate LVO. So. Right. So and we have uh, leftovers. We, we did. We, and we ordered extra because why not? So yeah. if you do want to grab some of the new designs, again, there's nothing wrong with these mats. Nope. But we just want to be really clear that we did not make these. Uh, but we will be in the very near future. And the design, these are some of the designs that we'll have when we launch. But we have, we have so many designs now. It's really exciting. And we're going to be able to make anything. Yep. Right? So if you, if you see a mat that you like and you'd maybe like to see a variation on it, let us know if it makes sense. And when I say a variation, I don't really mean sizes because we've had people. <laughs> we had one guy who's like, can you do a 5 by 3 mat? And I was like, what game is played on a 5 by 3 mat? I've never heard of that. He's like, oh, that's what fits my dining room table. And I was like... Yeah. Fair, fair. For now, for now, all of our designs will come in 6x4, 4x4, and 3x3. Right. So you'll be able to get any of those different sizes of any mat. Um, and in the future, we are hoping to be able to do custom sizes like that. So We just we can't do it yet. Yeah. Uh, and it's because of the, the way that the mats are manufactured. You have to make, like, you have to make custom um, like jigs or, or, or there's various ways to do it. But you have, to make, you have to manufacture a piece of equipment that will cut it in the right size. So unless you're going to be making more than just a... Uh, just someone's one individual person's mat, which it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But if it's a size that's played for a game, uh, like two and a half by two and a half, for example, I'm making this up, um, and there's a, a you know a reasonable amount of people that would uh, that would appeal to them, then we can do it. But if it's just for her, like my table is three by four by two, it's an L shape. Well, maybe not. You know. I mean, we can make it for you, but it will be hefty in the price. So if it's worth <laughs> it to you, yes. we can do that. So yeah, and if you have any ideas for mat designs that you think would be cool. Let us know in the comment section of the blog post because we there, there, we could make an infinite number of designs, right. right? It's really cool. We have so much flexibility, uh, but we do have mats available now, and there's some really gorgeous designs. We have a Mars, uh, we have uh, a Wasteland. That's uh, Badlands. Excuse me. That's that's my favorite design personally. I kind of am drawn to those desert ones. I always yeah, you like desert, like but the the Badlands is my favorite as well. Yeah, out of the six that we do have currently, um, yeah, that's my favorite. City's pretty awesome too. So yeah, Robot City. <laughs> Ooh, Robot City, the yeah. best name ever. And uh, uh, the the terrain that we'll be going with Robot City will be released hopefully in the next few weeks. So so keep your eyes open for that. Yeah. But yeah, jump in to the FLG mats section of the site. And you can pick yours up. Uh, currently, they're only in the North American uh, web cart because they're only in our warehouse here yep. in San Diego. And we'd be happy to get those out to you. Also, we want to let you know um, shipping is only, it's just a flat rate shipping across the board. Boom. Uh, so, yeah, the ITC terrain also that you saw at the Las Vegas Open will be available in the very near future. Uh, make sure to keep your eye on Frontline Gaming. It was a big hit at the Las Vegas Open. We had Robot City. Um, it was pretty, pretty awesome, not yeah. just because of the name. Uh, we also had the orc with a C terrain, <laughs> which uh, was really popular. It looks amazing on the Badland uh, mat. Yeah. It, you, you, they, they all could work on any of the uh, mats, but uh, those we kind of designed those to work together, and we're going to be coming out with more sets of terrain. Uh, industrial was really cool. Yeah. I thought that looked great. And the industrial looked really good on snow, uh, but it would also look good, obviously, on an urban design. Um, I actually wanted to do a set of the Robot City terrain on the Mars mat. To yeah, go with my Junkicrons because they're all the same kind of color. I thought that'd be a lot of fun to do like a custom set. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, keep your eye on that. And then if you're going to Adepticon, you will see us there. We will have a booth and we will be showing off a lot of our products. 
Sweet. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of new Forge World releases that came out this week. We have uh, Morg and Throg. Thorg? Morg and Thorg. Uh, the, most flame, the most famous Blood Bowl player. Uh, really actually a great most miniature. Most famous, huh? Yeah. I thought it was the Mighty Zug, but uh, apparently it's Morg and Thorg. <laughs> Dude, you know what this reminds me of? What? So I live right next to the House of Blues downtown San Diego. And uh, a blast from the past. Bone Thugs and Harmony what was at that? the House of Blues. I've never even heard of those guys. What? You're if, shitting me. If, I've heard, if I hear the song, I might know, but nope. Don't even know who they are. They had such, uh, such hits as It's the First of the Month. Uh, nope. Still, nope. The Thuggish, Ruggish, Bone. Did they look like this guy? They did not look like Morgan Thorg. Oh. But it, kind of, the name was kind of familiar. Fair but it, for you, okay, I can't believe you've never heard of Bone Thugs and Harmony. But uh, for those of you who, you know, didn't live in a cave oh. in the 90s. Has anybody else in chat heard of this band? It's a, it's a, it's a hip-hop collective, Francis. <laughs> Spiky Bits has heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Spiky Bits is, uh, is in the same age bracket as me. But uh, that was pretty, I was like, whoa, Bone Thugs and Harmony's here. That's pretty interesting. So uh, I tried to like peek in a little bit and see if I could catch a glimpse. But um, at any rate, I thought that was pretty funny. Morgan Thorg, also a blast from the past. Same time period, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but if you're a Blood Bowl player, you may want uh, to look at these guys. Most guys have heard of it. So yeah, of course. I do it. live in a cave, apparently. Yeah, I can't believe that's like one of the most famous hip hop groups from the '90s. It was actually it was actually the, the late '90s, early 2000s. Oh, okay. If you heard one of their songs, you would yeah, probably you would totally they they rapped very fast, very very quickly, v like ridiculously fast. Actually, it was oh, yeah. very impressive. Anyway, also the Iron Hills Dwarves came out. For those of you who play the Lord of the Rings, or I'm sorry, the Hobbit Ring, I don't, what are they calling it now? They've changed the name a couple times. It's the Hobbit, I think. It's the Hobbit Ring game. Uh, the mon the miniatures are actually awesome. I, I really like the uh, the yeah. goat, the battle goat riders. Which, by the way, in the movie made no sense at no. all. So the smog's been in their cave for like what a like long time, a long time, and then they go in there and they get these goats and they run out. Right, battle goats. I like battle goats. How are the battle goats still alive? Like, what they've been they in the been cave been eating, for years. They've been eating <laughs> like, gold, Frankie. Jeez. They've been eating gold? They eat anything. Damn and then goats. these guys just go in like, oh, battle goats, let's ride them. It doesn't make any sense. That movie, those movies were God. awful. They were so, so awful. The worst part is the Orokai elite shock troopers of the of the dark no, no it wasn't the orakai it was the goblin like marauders or whatever they were. Oh, no those guys were even worse no it was the orcs oh you're talking about the pot there was like an old lady with a frying pan like waylaying these guys like bing donk dink and i was like are you kidding me this is like supposed to be a super badass warrior the goblin one was hilarious it's like we've hired these 300, 300 yeah 300 goblin mercenaries. mercenaries and then like one dwarf is like i'll i'll hold them off it. and you're like what <laughs> Why what, are you paying these goblins he, if they're that bad? Well, maybe they only pay them if they live. Yeah. I think maybe he would have slipped in their blood. Like, like, it was a bargain. It was buy two, get one free. It yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's like in Braveheart where he's like, we don't have to pay them if they're dead. You know what I yeah, mean? You're like, yeah. oh, God. So bad. Uh, but at any rate, uh, the, the, the big release, though, the most exciting part of this, besides the Iron Hills Dwarves, which we know you guys are all super stoked. Although the GW guys, when they were here, they did say that the Iron Hills Goat Riders are broke as shit. Yes. They said they're makeup powerful. They're really good. Uh, but it really, it's Horus Heresy Book 7 Inferno, which is going to get the, the most people excited. Uh, we've got Space Wolves. We have Thousand Suns. We have um, Custodes. Custodes, yeah. Th that's exciting stuff. With their brooms. Yeah. 
That is exciting stuff. So make sure to keep your eye out for that. In other Forge World news, I am very excited for this. Adeptus Titanicus, more news is coming out, and this is what we, what we used to call Epic. Yeah. And apparently, they're gonna it's gonna be scaled up a little bit closer to Drops on Commander. Uh, the the news out or the question out or or the, the the rumor, the scuttlebutt, whatever you want to call it, is the starter set might not come with any Titans. Seems odd. But it's called Titanicus. Uh, yeah, the game but of. But no Titans. So I guess oh. the, the idea is it would give you like terrain and ground troops and then you would purchase Titans. I don't know. Interesting. I, and now to me, the reasoning behind this, right? And I'm just guessing. I don't know if, if this is true. The reasoning behind this is that the starter sets are usually plastic. Yeah. And everything we've seen is that the Titans are, are resin. They're mini, they're miniature Titans made because by Because they're, they're like pretty big. They're, they're big. Like, they're like a dreadnought size, I think, I in think comparison the, to everything else. I think the Warlord Titan is like a knight size. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so they're big bastards, and maybe that's okay. why uh, maybe that's why they're not, they might not be in the starter set. That makes sense. Right, because making those in plastic might be prohibitively expensive. And they might not fit into the starter box. Maybe the starter box is a certain size and it doesn't make sense. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it would see, it feels weird, right? Like, I think everybody's kind of scratching their head. Yeah. But I, I think from a business perspective, maybe that explains it. It's uh, still going to be amazing, though. Oh, I'm still getting it. I can't wait. I'm still it's getting it regardless. And then maybe they do come, maybe the starter set does come with, with Knights. But let us know. I personally would be, I would be disappointed if there was no Titans in the starter set, but I'd get over it. Yeah. Uh, other news, Age of Sigmar, very exciting stuff. Frankie's not too excited about it. But uh, the new Stormcast Eternal Battle Tome is coming out next week. Which you can pre-order at 25% off from FrontlineGaming.org. Send your order into orders at FrontlineGaming.org or call us 888-781-5120 and we'd be happy to hook you up. But the new Stormcast Eternal Battle Tome is on the way and it's exciting for a number of reasons. For one, they're going to get uh, artifacts of power. They're going to get uh, probably their own spells. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be getting battalions with the layered battalions the way we've been seeing it with all the other books that are gonna give us themed lists that give you special bonuses. I'm, I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, the Knight Vexilor is getting nerfed. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> that thing was so ridiculously powerful. It was really, really crazy. But yeah, they basically took away like all of his power and now you can deep strike one unit nine inches away. It's still really good. Like if, if any other army had that, they'd be stoked. There's but other when detachments and battalions that you can take that are way better than taking him with that. What I'm saying is if any other army had it, it'd be cool. But the Stormcasts can now deep strike anyway. So it's like, yeah, I guess you could do it again. It, the Night Vex Lord just got super nerfed. Uh, before he would allow a unit to deep strike within three inches, so you'd only fail your charge on Snake Eyes. And then hit everybody with mortal wounds. It was too much. It was way sure. too powerful. So I'm not sad, because Frankie's been smashing us on the head. The only reason that. I'm sad is I have a beautiful Vexler painted, and now he'll never get used. Well, just use him as something else. Use him as like a banner bearer or something like that. They don't have banner bearers. Well, say he's the horn player. He waves it. Heralder. Makes, yeah, a heraldor. But uh, I, for one, I think that it was necessary because that was a bit much. But uh, I am sorry for people like you that, that have a beautiful model painted. Uh, we it's have been right. able, we have been playing quite a bit of Age of Sigmar. Well, when I say quite a bit, like one game a day, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And I've been playing my free peoples. And they're, they're really fun to play. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're really fun to play. Their battalion is super strong. Yep. Um, Carl Franz, if you use some of the old school. I haven't gotten a chance to put him on the table yet, but in my next game I want to play him. He's baller, dude. Yeah. He's I mean, so good. The whole army that hits on twos is pretty good. So Yeah, they have all these layered buffs, which is what Age of Sigmar is all about, is layering, stacking all these buffs. And so you, 
the free people on their own are terrible. There's yeah. literally garbage, like goblin bad. Uh, well, maybe not that bad, but they're pretty close. And but when you use their battalion and all their buffs, they become like hitting on twos, wounding on threes or on twos. So they go from just crap to really good, but they still die in droves. Like every time you attack me, I pick a whole unit up. I'm like, God. Oh, yeah, they're easy to kill, but they're so cheap that you get a lot of them, and yeah. then they're hitting on twos and wounding on twos. You're like, this army's pretty good. They don't always wound on twos, but they can. Yeah, yeah. yeah they can. And then of course you get the big the big artillery in there, mm-hmm. and those are good, but they die really quick. Uh, my battle wagon though, the Celestial Hurricanum. That thing is That thing is beast mode. So good. There's so many good things in Age of Sigma. <laughs> yeah, it's such a fun game. Like everyone's been super excited to play. Everyone's yeah. been playing. Uh, it was really fun. The Raw Dogger actually, we got it. We got to give him his credit. He won a game. He actually won a game. He beat Rob from the Warhammer community team who won the South Coast GT. He's probably one of the best Age of Sigma players out there. But he was using the Night Vexler, which is now nerfed. So sorry, Jason. It's so never j- again. So Jason doesn't win very much. So we got to give him his credit where it's due. But Rob was playing a pretty weak Chaos Army, and uh, the Raw Dog was playing your very powerful Stormcast Eternal Army. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Pablo's been playing his Beast Cloud Raiders, yeah. and that army is savage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that army is really, really yeah. good. Uh, so <clears throat> it's cool for us because we haven't been able to play at all. And like we have not been able to play very many games at all because we've been so busy with the LVO, moving the store, etc. So it's, it's really nice. To actually like roll some dice. Yeah, definitely. Like I can't right. wait. Like this weekend, everyone is nerding out. Like yeah. everyone's like planned all these games. We're gonna be playing a lot this weekend, so that's that's fun for Get us. Get our nerd on. Yeah. So keep your eye out for that if you're a Stormcast Eternal player or if you play against Stormcast Eternals on a regular basis. You want to check that out because they changed a lot of stuff. They're adding a lot of stuff. It's not just nerves. It's just that one that I know of. Uh, very cool. Also, the uh, release for this week, the new release, is the uh, the. Triumvirate of Aeneid, uh, which is all the beautiful new Eldar models. Also, that is still up for our pre- or our new release special, 25% off while supplies last. Please email or call, and we will hook you up. Woo. In other news, there's new Kings of War forces on the way, uh, new models for the Goblins and Ogres faction. They're definitely getting better. Their models are definitely getting better. They're still not even, you know, they're not GW models. But for the price point... Oh, yeah, and they're definitely stepping up their game. They're definitely getting yeah. better. And the, the game, I've seen the game played a couple times now. I actually think there's a lot to, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Oh, yeah, they're very engaging, and they they really love their game, and they're taking their models to the next level, which is great. So. Yeah, and I do like the fact that when you have the movement blocks, that you don't pull guys out. Like, basically, it's a, it's yeah. a scenic diorama. Mm-hmm. And, and you just mark it. Yeah, you just mark, wound mark it, and then you take the whole thing off. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. then you don't have to model individual guys. You can, like, I saw a game where, like, it was, like, scenes, like, like elf cavalry were, like, jumping over trees and stuff. It was yeah. pretty, pretty badass. Uh, Warmer Quest releases a new expansion, the Shadows Over Hammerhall. Yeah. And it's getting really good reviews. It looks like it's a lot of fun. Uh, Warmer Quest Silver Tower was really fun. That was awesome. Very good game. Very challenging. It is. It yep. is, actually. It, it takes teamwork between the, the players. Yep. And it's cool because you don't need a DM. No, exactly. It's it's really fun. Really great game design. Uh, Games Workshop did an awesome job. So Shadows Over Hammerhall is expanding on that. It takes you to the city of Hammerhall. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you're, you're now adventuring in the city as opposed to in the Silver Tower. Uh, there's a ton of new chaos models in there. Sweet. Yeah, there's like Putrid Blight Kings. There's uh, Carrick Acolytes. Awesome. Yeah, there's a ton of new chaos baddies to fight against. And then there's new heroes. Uh, there's a Lord Celestine. Um, 
there's another Griffhound, a lore master, a fleet, a black art fleet master, who's the dark elf corsair guy, yeah. a and cog a cog master. master. All right. So very cool. Uh, I, I anticipate a lot of people are going to pick this up because that game was super fun. Yeah. Also, the LVO feedback forms will be going out. I, I'm going to try and get them out today. I got, uh, I was a little, I was out of commission in the middle of the week, uh, caught a bug, and uh, threw me off. I, I've fallen behind on pretty much everything, so I apologize for that. But uh, the feedback forms for the LVO, I would, I hope to get them out today. Also, anybody that inquired about the uh, terrain from the LVO, uh, we, if I haven't responded to your email yet, I will as soon as possible. We got way bigger response than expected. Yeah. Like, it was a little overwhelming, but pretty much it all got bought up in, like, minutes. So um, if you have been confirmed that you're getting some of the terrain, I'll invoice you. Again, I'm going to try and get that done today. And then Frankie and I are going to try and get that all shipped out uh, today. If not today, then uh, by Monday, Monday for yeah. sure. Uh, so sorry for the delay, but uh, kind of got thrown off on the schedule a little bit. ITC news. ton of events this weekend. A lot, a lot to talk about with ITC right now because we're yeah. in the, we're updating everything, and, and, and uh, we want to make sure that we communicate what's going on. So there's a bunch of events this weekend. Make sure to check out the calendar. We do have a GT, uh, the Warhammer 40K 1650 ITC at Family Time Games in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. There's a bunch of events all over the country. Very exciting. Um, it's funny. We had an Australian TO right in, and he really wanted to use more of the big, the big monsters. Yeah. Actually, he wasn't a TO. He's attending the event. Um, and so they're they're like letting you use basically as many Lords of War as you want. So I guess one awesome. guy is going with three chitons. Yeah. He's like, ah, I really want to do it. I was like, ah, go for it. I was like, one of the, the fir- literal first rule of the ITC is you can change any of the rules. Yeah. I was like, if you guys down there want to play an ITC event with tons of big monsters and, and Bane Blades, go. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really fun, actually. For sure. Um, but there's a lot of people out there who still don't like having Lords of War in the ITC. And that, that's why we try to strike a balance. Um, but... For the updated rankings, which is exciting stuff, mm-hmm. the guys at Best Coast Pairings have been busting their butt, and ahead of schedule, uh, we weren't expecting this until the first week of March. They've pretty, they've almost finished the new ranking update. You can see that on the blog post for this podcast, or you can go to the uh, 40k rankings uh, for the ITC. So what you're looking at is the new way to present the data. It's much cleaner. It's much easier to. to to read the regional rankings are up which is super cool yeah um we don't have a ton of data yet because there hasn't been a lot of events that have uh, uh uploaded their results yet because uh, if you submit it old school on the spreadsheet it's gonna t- they're not gonna get any of those updated until march um if you're using the app it should have already updated it yeah. but uh, they're in the process of, of polishing it and finishing it but what we have is very exciting yeah, yeah. They, uh, they're hoping to have everything uploaded from all of the TOs, even the ones that are submitting by the end of this month. So, yeah. so what we've got is regional rankings. And just to kind of give you like an overview, um, it's, this is going to be an evolving process, so bear with us. But we're, the regional rankings is very exciting. Yeah. Uh, like we have a bunch of Polish players who are pumped. Right? They're so excited. They're super yeah. stoked because one of their guys won best of faction such as a battle. Yep. And so that, they're super pumped, right? And that's happening all over the place. We have events in Italy now, like people are really, really getting excited about, which is fantastic. But uh, we're going to be breaking up the world into global rankings, regional rankings. Uh, We've got, we're we're trying to do it in a way that's logical, but doesn't, that that remains granular, but not as like crazy, insane, detailed, right? So it's going to be a little bit of a learning process as we go. Uh, Basically, we have uh, the United States, which is broken up into five regions, kind of based off college sports. 
Um, we have uh, Europe as a whole. We have the global community. We have the, the Pacific region, which is like New Zealand. Um, uh, we have actually some Southeast Asian events, uh, Australia. Uh, then we've got uh, North America. And then within Europe, you have sub-regions um, like the UK. Uh, uh, we have the Scandinavian com countries that, that want to be grouped together. So yeah. it's exciting stuff. Oh, for sure, yeah. But uh, jump in there and take a look at it, right? And then mm -hmm. give us some feedback. Um, what is your opinion on how to, to break up these regions? Yeah, um, it's, it's a lot of work, but uh, I think it's going to be really, really cool. It's going to be interesting to see how people uh, interact within, like, the different uh, sub, like, rankings. So Yeah, and one of the ideas that we've had for a number of years, but we, we weren't able to implement because we didn't have regional rankings, is to have regional, like, uh, championship events. Yeah. Like, you could be a state championship, a regional championship, uh, a European championship, a North American championship event. And that's something that we can do to recognize people that are working really hard to grow their community, grow their event, and it could give, like, an extra feather in your cap, right? right. Yeah. Um, really cool stuff. Very exciting. Uh, we want to say thank you to the Best Coast Pairings guys for working so hard to get this done, and also thank you to the community for participating. Yeah, for sure. Always yeah. very exciting. But, yeah, this is, this is cool stuff. I can't wait to see... Uh, how it goes. So just to give you guys some instruction, when you look at, uh, when you scroll through the new, uh, much more attractive ranking system, there's a little link at the bottom that says complete faction listings with regions. That's at the bottom of each list. You click on that and that, get, that drills down further into the information. Then you can start uh, parsing the data based on regions and all that stuff. Yep. So that just, people will figure it out, but sometimes people don't read everything. So Of course. Usually don't read everything. <laughs> uh, also, just wanted, it's worth mentioning, um, this comes up from time to time, but uh, just to kind of reiterate like what the ITC is about, because I think that that gets lost in the shuffle. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Um, our, our buddy Nick Nonavati uh, had a, wrote a really nice kind of, summed it up really well, actually. Like, he, he clearly gets it. So the ITC, what it is, it's not, the, the objective of the ITC is not to produce, like, the most hyper-competitive in, like, cutting-edge uh, uh, format that appeals to the, let's call it 5 to 10% of the community mm -hmm. that is looking to make the most powerful list and play the most competitive game. Although you can do that in the ITC within certain limitations, that's not really the, 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 the overall goal of what we're trying to do. The ITC's purpose is to facilitate growing and promoting the hobby. Like that is number one objective of what we're trying to do. We're trying to, to grow communities and to encourage people to travel outside of their local gaming group to other events and to interact with the community on a larger scale. The ranking system is there to, to create excitement, to give you goals to work towards, to be fun. Mm -hmm. And the format itself is meant to appeal to as many people as possible. And what that means is compromise, Yep. right? So if we were just trying to appeal to the, to the most competitive part of the community, it would probably look a little bit more like the ETC, which is what, that is exactly what they're trying to do. The ITC is trying to appeal to the broadest spectrum of people. And what that means is sometimes we tone things down a little bit in order to make it more appealing for people who do not play at that absolute edge of competitiveness. Yeah. And I think that's where some of the misconceptions come. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, uh, <clears throat> people are like, well, you're not the best player because blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, we're not trying to like get like the very best player that wins every single tournament or anything like that. 
we're trying to encourage people to go to events that they wouldn't have before, uh, play different lists, stuff like that. And that's why we have the different rankings for the right. different factions and stuff like that. So Yeah, we, we want <laughs> we want to see all the armies played. Yeah. We want to see people who are like diehard, you know, like an orc player. Like orc players tend to be very passionate about their army. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately their army is usually not very good. Uh, and we want to incentivize people to still feel like they're participating. Definitely. Like yeah. they, 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 like I may not win the ITC as an order player. As a matter of fact, at the, you would, that, I would be astounded if you did. Yes. And I, this is coming from a, someone who loves to play orcs, but you could be the best orc player in the ITC. Yep. And when we say best, we mean best within the confines of, of the rule set that we're talking about. Yeah. So it's, it's meant to empower people to grow their community, to give them a tool set that goes, okay, hyper complex 40K, I'm going to go and I'm going to feel like I have enough information and support that I can run an event. Yeah. Um, and it's meant to get people excited to go out and participate and yeah. to grow and to bring new people in. For sure, and it gives a lot of new TOs like a baseline, right? So they can take the format, they can change whatever they want, but it gives them a solid start, right? A solid uh, foundation to actually start running these tournaments because it is very intimidating to actually start running a tournament. Like you have to make your own missions or whatever, or use GW missions. People don't like this rule, so do you take it out and all this stuff. So ITC gives you kind of like a good formation to start with. And a lot of these TOs are like, thank you. Because all the time. a lot of people are like, I don't know how to do it, yeah. but I want to. And you're like, okay, here you yeah. go. It gives you, it gives so. you a starting point. And like we said, like the first rule, the rule that the people that can be critical often choose to ignore or they're ignorant of, is that if you don't like something in it, change it, yes. right? Like if you're in your local community, this happens all the time. Like there's regions that do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Like that we were just talking about in Australia. They want to use lots of big toys. Go ahead. That yeah. sounds like fun. And if that's the way you guys want to compete with each other, you're all competing on a level playing field. Yeah. You're all playing the same game. But having close to a unified format makes it easy to travel to events because you know what you're getting. Right? So yeah. if you're like, we're ITC, but we use Nova Missions, which is going to happen in the ITC anyway, go, go right ahead. Or one of the events was... Uh, ITC format Nova FAQ. Sure. Yep. Go ahead. If that's what's going to work for your community, get people excited. Yeah, because every community is different. If you yeah. travel to different communities, pe- or communities, people are playing different lists, different points, different armies. Like it's it ve- really varies on where your community's at. So uh, definitely change it to what makes more sense for your community. Yeah, and then f- some of the criticisms are funny though, like attributing things to the ITC that aren't even a part of it. I love it. <laughs> Some of it's funny. But the really cool thing now is that GW is obviously working with us. Um, and, and other people, they're working with other TOs around the, the world too, not just us. Uh, now that, that, that there's communication and the excitement from all parties, mm-hmm. now a lot of like the rules calls that we make that can be contentious, we don't have to do it anymore in, in all likelihood. We may have to on, on occasion, but uh, it's just it's just cool, right? Like yeah. everyone's, I think, kind of seeing the the benefit to it, there are some people who are critical for this reason or that, which is fine. Uh, it's, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but largely it's, in, it's working. It's impossible to make everybody happy. Yeah, too, so. I don't even try. But it's working. Right? Right. That's the important part. And right. I think that that's great. Communities are growing. Tournaments are growing. We're seeing more tournaments ever. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the ITC is working. We get emails every day of people that are like, thank you very much. You guys have grown my community, all this stuff. We had a store owner email us and say, hey, thank you very much for putting me on your website. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, we promote other game stores to send people to their tournaments to uh, participate in ITC, and they're very grateful. So. Yeah. Show me any other game store 
that sends people to other stores <laughs> does not happen very frequently. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there are some out there because we, we're lucky in this industry, people have a strong sense of community. But we actively send people to other game stores and say, go buy something when you're there. Like, support your community because it's better for everybody to yes. have a healthy, active community and there's plenty of business to go around. So uh, that's what the ITC is about. Hopefully that clarifies it. It's worth repeating mm -hmm. every couple months because people... Uh, sometimes people level criticisms at us that they're based from a perspective that's clearly not understanding even what we're trying to do. Yeah, and uh, Reese was talking about it earlier uh, today. We'll probably release a mission statement for the ITC and put it on the ITC so yeah. people can read it. Yeah, we should. probably should have yeah. done that in the past. I mean, no one will read it, of course. But no, but you can put a little <laughs> link, and then if anybody cares, they can actually click on like, it. Like, didn't you read it? It's right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, I had some really interesting data come in from the Renegade Open uh, GT. They sent us the hard numbers. I've already seen this information, yeah. but uh, it, it's here it is in black and white. If you want to see it, please go to the blog post for the podcast, yeah. uh, episode 507. I think we already touched on this stuff too. It, we did, but yeah. it bears repeating because everyone right now is talking about games not finishing. Yep. Right? That's the hot topic in the competitive community. I love that story. What? Oh, oh no, hot topic. That is the buzz right now as, <laughs> as people are debating... Should we go down in points? Should we not? Would it actually speed up games? Which the answer is yes. I think we not. should increase points. And yeah, no, people have asked for more time in the rounds. We're already at three hour rounds. That's insane. That is so long. <laughs> that is crazy. I, 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 could, I, do, I would not want to go to a tournament with four hour rounds and three hour rounds in a day. You're talking about a 14 hour, 15 hour day. Yeah, it's rough. That's insane. Uh, so at any rate, here's the data, right? So this is from the Renegade Open. Uh, really good group of guys. Their missions are going to be incorporated into the standard ITC mission set. But again, you can use whatever missions you damn well please. Um, they did 1850 the year before. They did 1650 uh, this year. So uh, 1650, we'll, we'll go back. We'll, let's back it up. At 1850, they had 174 games played. 57% uh, of the games finished naturally. 43% uh, of the games didn't finish naturally. 20% of the games uh, finished with more than 20 minutes left in the round. So about half the games were coming to a natural conclusion. Yep. Right? At 1650, 97% of the games were reported as finishing at a natural conclusion. Almost all the games. And then 80% of the games were reported finishing early. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's nuts. Now, 160 games played, or 180 games played, roughly, on both events uh, is not what we would call a statistically significant number. There's room for variance there, but that's but, a lot of freaking games. Well, when you can compare it to the year before, I mean, that's, that's pretty good evidence. I mean, I agree. you've got 200-point difference, and then you've got, what is that, a 40% difference in completed games. That's, that's and, pretty significant. And the number of games that finished early increased by 400%. Yes. Not bad. So, I mean, <laughs> like, that's hard data. Again, like, you would need probably more like a thousand games to sure. convince the hardcores out there. But I think, like, reasonable people can look at that. Basically, the same number of games played. If I remember correctly, it's basically the same format. Yeah. That dramatically more games finished. Dramatically more games finished. And it's like, I've been saying this for years and years. If you want your games to finish, you have to go down in points. It's super simple. Anybody, like any arguments that you present are just clouding the topic. Yeah. Right? Like, duh. If you go down to points, more games finish. It's just hard to take things away because people, 
people, people voted to increase points, and now you're asking to vote down to lower points. But it does make more sense for 40k because the games are just taking too long. There's too many points on the table. Like when you pay an 1850 point game, you're not playing 1850 points in most cases. You're playing like 2500. 2500. Yeah. So it's it's just it doesn't make sense to finish games in that amount of time. So it's just <laughs> there it is in black and white. Uh, everybody, that's those are the facts. Yeah. You know, if you go down 200 points. You can anticipate almost every game finishing on time. Is that more important to you than putting all your toys on the table? Nope. I mean, yes. Just kidding. You've always wanted <laughs> 1850, man, and like, <laughs> like I, I mean, I get it. Like, but and a lot of people vote for something like that from their own perspective. Like, well, I finish my games, mm -hmm. but then you get so many people complaining about games not finishing, and it's like. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. We have too many points. I think it's painfully obvious. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like like I said at a tournament, what, uh, a few months ago now, uh, I had a game actually not finished. And I was like, wow, that's, yep, it's time to go down in points, everybody. Yeah. And then the other <laughs> 1650 topic. 1650 is the right choice. The other topic that keeps coming up is chess clocks. Yeah. Um, Frankie and I have used chess clocks in our games numerous times. They work. They totally work. Like, absolutely unequivocally, they work. Uh, the only problem with chess clocks is how do you enforce it, right? Because yeah. in 40K, both players participate on, both, on the turn. So let's say, let, let's just take the premise that uh, a, a hardcore competitive gamer will use any advantage. Mm -hmm. let's, just, let's just take that and accept that premise. And now if you have like a death clock, like in War Machine, where the other player loses, you've incentivized the other player to go slowly when they're like rolling their saves, et cetera, on the other person's turn. Now, if you hit the clock every time you touch the dice, that will not work. Straight up, that's not going to work. People are going to forget. We forget when we're only doing it on our turn. Yeah, but I mean, if you use it enough, you wouldn't forget. It's just like professional chess players or whatever. Have you ever seen those where they go super fast? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, geez, Louise. Yeah. That's crazy. And if you use it enough, it becomes second nature. You're like, oh, I'm about to roll dice. Boom. All right, here we go. Or I'm done rolling dice. Here, your turn. Stuff like that. So, I mean, it's... It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Like, what do you do if somebody runs out of time? Do they lose? Is that it? That's the way it's do done they, in War Machine. Do they not get to move their models anymore and their opponent gets to use the rest of their time? <laughs> that actually like, would make sense. Like you what, are done. You're out of time. Yeah, like, what happens? What happens <laughs> in this scenario? <laughs> Only the other player gets to play? Yeah. That would actually He's be like, really I charge cool. you and I roll all these dice and you can't do anything. You can't even roll saves. Sorry, player. Like, oh, <laughs> you geez, can't even take saves. Yeah. You can't touch the dice. I so mean, it's, that, it's interesting, like, how do you do it? And that what actually, is fair? So. That actually makes sense. You let the other player finish out. Like, if you've gotten ahead enough, you might hang on <laughs> yeah. to victory. Like, oh, God, please, don't wipe uh, everything out. Well, because, and, and, and that's the point, right, is that you need to figure out what the punishment is. Yeah. Because we've done it as an experiment to see if it works and to see who's actually taking more time. And it really works. Like I, real, like, I always had an, a sense that I played slow at the beginning of the game and quick at the end of the game, and it is absolutely true. I am slow in deployment in turn one and two, and after that, I go super fast, right? Like, and it's like the clock tells you that. It shows you, like, oh, shit, I actually am. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I do play a little bit slower than I thought I did. If you've ever been accused of slow playing or something like that, it might be worthwhile for you to get a chess clock, play some games with it, and be like, oh, okay, these are some areas that I should be able to speed up in. Um, it definitely brings it to light but the question becomes what do you do to those players that don't finish games or are technically slow playing and stuff like that do they get a loss or what happens so yeah and there's <laughs> accusations of slow play all the time but i have again we've said this many times and it bears repeating as a person who's witnessed 
countless games in a tournament setting yeah. from TOing, I can say for a million percent sure that the vast majority of slow play is both players and it's not on purpose. No, in most cases, it's just somebody wasn't thinking like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. The bathroom took 15 minutes. He gets back, starts joking around with his opponent, all this stuff, and oh, there goes an hour. Oh, shoot. And then somebody will accuse the other person of slow playing and all this stuff, but it was all by accident. Um, Absolutely. So. so let's jump in and answer a couple questions. Uh, Aramon1227 says, I think the punishment should be to buy a beer for every extra two minutes you get from your opponent. The Albar says, my opponent will be poisoned with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, some armies like Battle Company benefit tremendously from only going to game uh, turns three and four, says Zekin. Yeah. Any MSU OBSEC army wants the game to not go very far any army pretty much if you know that you're only going to go three to four turns you can play to those turns especially if your opponent's not prepared for it and he's not thinking about ending on those turns yeah like in my mind i'm always thinking of then game's going to end on five now if somebody did something and they only went to turn three i'm not going to be in the position to finish the game whereas if you are playing for that yes yeah it's um, I mean, any, any MSU army is, especially a shooting army, their opening game is their strong, their strong point. Yeah, the end right? of the game starts to get rough. The end game is when they start, that's when they start bleeding units. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing is, if you're going to be a skilled tournament player in the current environment, you have to keep your third eye on the clock. Playing the clock is a part of being a good tournament player. Yep. Right? For, for better or for worse, like it or love it, it's just the way it is. Like in War Machine, that's why they implemented death clocks. And it took them a couple years. They didn't come out the gates and go death clock. Like the first season, it was not so harsh. Mm -hmm. And then as people got used to it, they made the punishment to where it is now. And now competitive War Machine players couldn't imagine going back. Right. They're like, they like having the death clock. Well, it's clock. just like when we started running tournaments, I think we were running 1650 games. So, I mean, now it's 1850 and now people are like, why would we ever go back? Well, we've right? shifted a bunch of so times. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny to see like... Everybody will adapt. Like, if we started using chess clocks tomorrow, people would be like, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. In a year, everybody would be like, oh, yeah, it's second nature. It's not that big of a deal. So Yeah, I, I believe in chess clocks. But then the other part of that debate is who pays for them? How do you prepare? You know, duh. They're rich. So expensive. <laughs> uh, Zekian says, uh, please keep Harlequin's Dark Eldar and Craftlord Eldar as separate ITC categories. Uh, Even if you're an RER better, I like playing on hard mode. Um, you know what? I, like, I've cracked open the new Eldar book been so busy I haven't had a chance to really read it um, the fluff in there is amazing we have perused the fluff it sounds badass yeah but uh, and we'll talk about that more next week but um, we have no plans to combine them into a super category at this point in time no. uh, Axis of Entropy assembling 15 silent sisters for Adepticon nice, nice. Those, those models are sick fluffy fluffy bun bun you could always set a fixed time for every round and then transfer everything you don't use to the next, that's what a chess clock does, essentially. A chess clock essentially does that. It just doesn't like split it up by by round. Like you get you get half the time for the round, which is definitively fair. Yeah. Like that is exactly what should happen in a three-hour game. Roughly, it's two hours and forty-five minutes with the break, but each player should have an hour and a half for everything that they do. That's completely fair, um, and that's the way it should be. And that's what a chess clock does. Yeah. Uh, Axis of Entry, I played a practice game against Inari. Those out-of-sequence things are so rough, yeah. And it's funny because that is directly lifted from Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Like, those rules are, like, straight out of Age of Sigmar. Like, a lot of things do that in AOS. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Geekmaster K, any idea of when or if custom mat designs will be coming for the FLG mats? 
Uh, we will be able to do custom designs and all that probably in April, realistically. So, uh, Axis Venture says with the new Inari, you kill one jet bike, un jet bike unit and the one next to it shoots you. Yeah, it's super good, man. Yeah, that's supposed to be super powerful. Uh, J Jaceris Saris, is it Saris? Jazzercisers. I can never say that one. He's told <laughs> us, and I still can't. I he says, let's go 1650. I'm with you, man. I've been a, I've been a proponent of 1650 for like two years now. Uh, Zyekian, one of my opponents in an ITC event, had a uh, legit medical problem. Uh, wouldn't want him to lose. Yeah, yeah, I know. But what do you like? Yeah. What do you do? What it's, do you do for people like it's that? It's definitely hard, right? Like, what is the consequence? Yeah, I know it's tough. Like maybe with a person like that, you always uh, put them on a table close to the bathroom. Yeah. Because at an event like the LVO, that could be a long walk <laughs> to go to the bathroom. Uh, Spiky Bits, uh, what do you guys make about the formation that our man Andrew won LVO Age of Sigmar is not in the new battle tome? I did not know that. Uh, that's really so interesting. They took away some of the format or battalions, battalions. I guess that's that's interesting. Uh, I don't know. That would be that'd be weird. But GW usually says you can use anything. So, well, I think I, I think this one is going to replace the previous stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I th that's a good point, uh, Spiky. I didn't. I actually didn't know that, <laughs> but I know that um, uh, Andrew is a badass Age of Sigmar player from the Ruling Bad podcast. Yeah. They're, they're, those guys are legit. We're actually going to have them on the show to talk about it on uh, the Ninth Realm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people in chat are saying sixteen fifty. Um, yep, I, I'm <laughs> trumpet FLG. <laughs> 1650. Oh, geez. Oh, brother. Uh, I agree with you guys. I think that, that I think it's the right call. Um, I think tournaments, TOs should just say our events are 1650 if they feel that that's the right call. Burn the Heretic says, nah, 2,000 points, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, anyway, guys, uh, as always, thank you for the feedback. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you for all your participation over the year. Yep. Uh, it's good to be playing some games again and not just running around like chickens with their head, heads cut off. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure to get your orders in for the new Stormcast Eternal Battle Tome. Looks like it's got some great stuff in it. And if you still want to get the uh, Triumvirate of the Eldar, of the Aeneid, excuse me, uh, we still have those available too. Sweet. All right, guys. Bye.